Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another Generation B podcast. I'm Renee and my dad, Greg, is my co-host. Before we jump into things, I just want to remind you that if you go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN for 20% off and you'll get free shipping in Canada. Again, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN for 20% off and you'll get free shipping if you're in Canada. This week, our episode sounds a little bit different. My dad still is on the episode. However, he's not feeling well. So due to COVID and just wanting to keep everything distanced, he is calling in. So it does sound a little different on his end. However, we managed to do it. And I am so glad because this week's episode, it's a very important one. We are talking about Krug and how he is no longer a Bruin, and just how heartbroken I am over that. That's coming up later in the episode. Let's jump in right now to the Generation B podcast. This week's episode is a big one, but before we get into uh, talking about that completely, I just want to mention that uh, the Bruins, they had posted an article talking about the off-season surgeries. Obviously, once a season ends, there's always something that comes out talking about surgeries and injuries and things that were wrong. And the Bruins every year, they always get hit hard with injuries. And I feel like it's the same players every year that has something wrong. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Dad, but Brad Marchand underwent a hernia repair. Yes, I did see that. He's uh, on target to make a full recovery in about four months. David Pasternak had a right hip arthroscopy and labral repair. I don't even know what any of that is. Surgery was successful with that, though. Uh, He's got about five months from the date of the procedure to make a full recovery. And then Charlie McAvoy underwent a right knee arthroscopy. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I mean, that's just when they go in with the scopes, they don't like cut it open they just use the uh you know the scope they put like tiny i've had it done on my knees they put tiny little holes in the scope to uh like tear the meniscus or whatever they were doing it's hard i don't know exactly what they were doing good to know i'm glad i know that now what that is uh his surgery was successful and uh he's actually been cleared to resume off-season activities and he'll fully be able to start next season so those are, you know, little updates on the Bruin injuries after the weird playoff season that they had. Oh, and then you got Chris Wagner's uh, heart issue, too. Yeah, he had a, a heart problem. It was, what was it, basically like a murmur type thing? They said he had an elevated heart rate. And uh, now I don't know, you know, I, I never saw any numbers on it, but uh, they said it was during the game. Actually, during the game, and they said his heart rate was pounding. And to me, it seems kind of hard to detect. He must have felt himself because he knows. I mean, obviously, when you're out there on a shift in an NHL hockey game, your heart rate is very high. So obviously, he could tell that something was was going on. He said it was uh, the heartbeat was irregular and very fast. Like this, he said it was like a pounding, and it's like, uh, yeah, that would. That would have had to have been very scary because, I mean, you know, there's been so many times, well, it happened to 
Rich Peverly, when he went from the Bruins to Dallas, he had that heart issue on the bench. And I mean, these guys are in such awesome shape that, you know, they're going to know if anything is out of whack. Right. And even since they're in such good shape and something like this happens, it's even scarier because you realize it can happen to anyone. Right. Yeah. We're just all very vulnerable. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't happening when he was playing, but the heartbreaking thing with uh, Colby Cave this last April, he had a brain bleed. And he's he's in the best shape of his life playing hockey, and this happens. I find it hard to even talk about that because he seemed like just such a great guy. I follow his wife on Instagram, and the things that she posts, I mean, it's it's so heartbreaking to see her go through that. And obviously, I mean, like, my heart goes out to her 100%, and I don't even know her. Right. I mean, you know, things like that happen all the time, I mean, but you just don't expect it with an athlete. That's in, uh, you just don't think of things like that. Yeah, it's completely unexpected, and it's oh, it's so sad, and and it's scary, you know, with Chris Wagner with his heart. Like, it's different to have a surgery on your knee or something like that, but like heart problems, that's when it, there's a fine line between like, okay, you're fine to play, and also, ooh, you sh- you probably shouldn't for a while. Yeah, like you said, there's one thing about having a, a messed up knee and maybe struggling to walk for the rest of your life, but I mean, obviously, your heart. A problem with your heart could actually kill you. So it makes the knee issue look pretty minuscule. Oh, hi there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. We're also your home for the best blues analysis. Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play, and and that's what people need to understand. And you know they're going to look at it and say, oh well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. Felt like Newport was ready to go into his offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're going to play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha Commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie-level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what, I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my prices right off this fuck it um, <laughs> voted the best podcast by our peers in the hockey podcast network follow tom and wags on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod and be sure to subscribe to blue notes wherever you get your podcast from this is tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle are you ready to get into <laughs> the the big thing that we're going to get into today. 
Um, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> no clue. No clue at all. I do not have a clue at all. <sighs> so obviously free agency, the draft, that's all uh, over with. <laughs> the scariest part of hockey season when it wasn't even hockey season. <laughs> right. Uh, man, we talked about this last week. We didn't want it to happen. If there was one player that we wanted to stay, it was Tori Krug. And he did not stay. He got picked up by the Blues of all teams. The Blues. Of all teams. That's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. To see that, I, I had called you immediately and I was like, did you see the news? And you were like, no, no, what like, what, are you, what are you talking about right now? I didn't see any news. And when I told you, we were on FaceTime and your face just dropped. And the first thing that came out of your mouth was, are you serious? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to, uh, to lose a player to another team, but Losing to a team that you just lost the cup to, uh, you know, it's just so fresh in the memory that uh, it makes it a little bit tougher. Yeah. Well, and the whole time that all this is happening, uh, you have Don Sweeney who's saying, oh, we want to keep him. We want to keep him. We love him. And Krug is saying, I love Boston. I love the fans. I love the team. And then, and then he leaves. <laughs> For basically the exact same deal that he was offered with Boston that the Blues gave him just an extra year on. Sometimes I can't understand what goes through, you know, the management and the players at times. I mean, he signed for one extra year, basically the exact same money. I mean, I I just don't get it. I mean, because they always come out and say things like this, and this is, this is an exact quote from Tori Krug. It's very hard. To be honest, I don't have all my thoughts and feelings ready to respond to a question like that. My initial response is I'm excited to join the Blues. It's sad I have to leave a city that gave me an opportunity. When I came into the league, there were not many teams in the league that would have given a chance on a five foot nine defenseman. He says, I grew up here and grew up as a professional, and my family's grown here. It's like when you hear somebody talk about that, things like that. I don't I don't get it when they when they made him the offer in the first place, he didn't take it and apparently the Bruins pulled it off the table. Now, to me that just sounds like there's a lot of a lack of communication going on there. Yeah, or he was fully not wanting to go back to Boston and was waiting to see for other offers. Well, that could be true. He he could be wait, he could have been waiting for the biggest offer, but to think that he had that exact offer, basically the exact offer on the table, and didn't take it, and then signed for the Blues just for an extra year. I mean, it's just, I don't, like I said, I don't know if there's a lack of communication between, like, his agent and the Bruins or vice versa, but it just it just seems. It's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if both parties aren't being totally honest. In, in what was actually going on. And I don't even know if we'll ever know. Right. There's no way that we'll ever know both true sides of the story. But from what we know, from what we've read, I mean, it sounds like there's a, a blame to go on both parties. Yeah. And like I said in the last episode, 
I mean, who knows if he wanted to take a deal closer to home? Obviously, St. Louis is way closer to Michigan than it is uh, Boston. Yeah, but like you said, he grew up as a professional in Boston. His family's grown up there, and now all of a sudden he's going to jerk him out for an extra year? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing, and I'm I'm very sad that he's gone. Like, genuinely I I was upset that night that he had left or that he felt forced to leave. I, I don't know his situation. Well, like I said, if the Bruins made him the offer, which sounds like it was like it was before the COVID, it was during last season. It's hard to keep the season straight anymore because it seems like there's been 45 different hockey seasons in the last couple months. The real last season. <laughs> yeah, the real last season. Sounds like that's when the Bruins had the offer on the table. I don't know if it was Tory himself or if his agent rejected it or what was going on. And then the Bruins apparently pulled the offer off the table. And it's like, if that's the case, then it almost sounds kind of sounds like the Bruins maybe didn't want to sign him after all with that kind of money because why wouldn't you leave that offer on the table? Or if he had talked about maybe wanting to leave and do something else or like I said go closer to home maybe he had already been talking about that and maybe he already rejected the Bruins last year when it was on the table and that's why they took it off who knows we'll never truly know what went on behind those doors right and I mean you know with the closer to home thing if he wanted to play for the Red Wings I mean, you know, if I wanted to play closer to home, I'd take a lot less money. I wouldn't care if I if that was my goal, to play closer to home. But I'm sure the Red Wings, you know, they would have made him an offer that was pretty close to what, you know, he got. But who knows? Like I said, we'll never know everything. It sounds like, uh, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of fault on both sides if, if what we are reading is true. Yeah, it'll just, I don't know, it seems really weird, but I, like we said, I was not expecting him to go to the Blues of all teams. Yeah, I mean, you got those teams that, you know, like Montreal or New York, those are natural teams that you don't want one of your favorite players to go to, but, you know, the team that just, well, in my mind, stole the cup with the help of NHL officiating, you know, just a couple years ago when it goes there, I mean, it just, it's even harder to take. We are actually going to be guests on the Blue Notes podcast, and we're going to answer some questions uh, on this week's episode about Krug. So definitely look out for that episode that's going to be coming out with them. I'm super excited to do it. Now that Krug is gone and the Bruins have signed uh, some new players, <laughs> let's get into that a little bit because... There are a few uh, signings. Craig Smith is coming from Nashville. He played nine years in Nashville, and uh, the Bruins have signed him. Yeah, he's not a uh, he's not a bad player. He'll fit in really well in the you know what they call the middle six. Um, yeah, I, I think he he sounds like he could be a decent pickup. I mean, you never know for sure how a guy's going to pan out in it different city and a different atmosphere and all that. But I mean, on paper, it, it looks like it's going to be a decent deal for the Bruins. And uh, I did want to mention too, that uh, 
you know, with losing Tory Krug, they did re-sign uh, Kevin Miller for a year, which I love Kevin Miller. He's uh, he's a stud back there on D. He's probably the toughest defenseman the Bruins have. But, I mean, he's just so injury-prone here lately. And he plays such a physical style, which, you know, lends to that uh, being injury-prone. But I, I'd love to see him be able to come back and play a few injury-free seasons. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited about both of them, Smith and Miller. The Bruins signed three other guys, uh, Callum Booth to a one-year two-way deal, Greg McKaig to another one-year two-way deal, and then Jacob Zaborl to a two-year deal. Uh, Zaborl was playing in a Czech league for the 2021 season. And uh, he skated in two games so far with them. So we'll see how that season goes. Uh, He also played with Providence Bruins for 2019 and 2020. And he ranked second among the team's blue liners in scoring and third with the team's plus minus. So not horrible. Not horrible. Kind of lacking in size, though. Six foot, 200 pounds, which, I mean, isn't bad. That's kind of, I guess, probably in the middle of NHL defensemen. So... You know, but he, he's definitely got good numbers. He's got a plus 35 rating uh, with Providence, which uh, that's not too shabby. Yeah, and he's already played in uh, two NHL games already with Boston in 2018 and the 19th season. So, right. I mean, he, you know, not horrible. He has the history behind him. So I, I think, you know, give him a year or two and, you know, he should be up there. And he's only 23, so, you know, he... Uh, He's definitely a guy who could uh, make the roster in the next couple years, and who knows? Yeah, uh, Greg McHaig's history, he skated in 53 games with the New York Rangers in 2019-2020, and then he spent uh, 2018 and 19th season with the Hurricanes, and he got six goals with them. So he's uh, he's on the shorter side, six foot 192, so he's smaller. What are your thoughts on him? Well... You know, for that size, he's played in 185 NHL games with a lot of teams, right? And he's had he's only got 33 points, which that's not substantial. But he could also be the type of guy that uh, you know, more of a defensive type player. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm not that familiar with him. But uh, you know, just looking at his numbers and everything. He's probably more of like a third or fourth line player. So, you know, maybe a little more on the defensive side. I don't know what he's got as far as penalty minutes is concerned, but, you know, maybe he's more of uh, like a Gregory Campbell type guy. God, I love Gregory Campbell. When Gregory Campbell broke his leg in the uh, 2013 playoffs, I honestly think that was a game changer because, uh, I mean, he was so vital to the Bruin uh penalty kill and, and the defensive forward that uh, I honestly think that made a huge difference. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, they also signed uh, Booth. He's 23 as well. He, last season, he was with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL and the Greenville Swamp Rabbits and Atlanta Gladiators in the ECHL. He's he's getting up there in size. He's six foot three and 187 pounds and... Uh, He's a goaltender, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, I mean, uh, his numbers 
you know, aren't spectacular, 2.54 goals against average and 90 save percentage. So, you know, there's, there's not spectacular numbers. However, you know, you don't know what kind of teams he plays it for, obviously. Uh, in, in 60 ECHL games, he posted a 36-19-4 record, which, you know, that's not too shabby. So, you know, maybe... Uh, Maybe within the next couple episodes, we can uh, watch some video on these guys and have better opinions. It makes me a little nervous, though, that they signed a goaltender with, uh, you know, all this talk about Rask. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be too nervous because he doesn't sound like a he's going to be. I mean, you never know with goalies; they're a breed upon themselves. But uh, he doesn't really sound like he's a guy that's going to, you know, step in and and be a uh, Tuka Rask or. Uh, Braden Holtby, which is a whole nother story. I can't believe he left Washington. Yeah, there's been a lot of weird things this offseason, but I, I'm uh, with these new signings, I'm excited to see what the new season uh, has for Boston. Yeah, you know, there's always there's always going to be the optimism, but uh, they got to figure things out with who's improved because um, that's definitely going to jumble the uh, top six defensemen there. Yeah, that should be their main focus right now. Yeah, they need to get a little bit more scoring, too. That hopefully with the signing of Craig Smith, he can, uh, you know, maybe add a few more goals on that second or third line, and uh, you know, maybe make things a little bit easier. You know, not so many tight games and stuff. You know, how about winning some games like maybe five to two instead of uh, four to three all the time? Obviously, with Krug leaving and everything, nothing has been announced yet about Chara. Or Matt Grizzlick, who's a restricted free agent, but he has not had a, a new deal yet. Right. I mean, with uh, with Krug being gone, I mean, Grizzlick is kind of, they're kind of similar players, except Krug was a little bit more physical. I mean, they're both about the same size and everything, but Krug definitely had a more physical edge to them. But uh, yeah, Grizzlick was going to go to salary arbitration, which... You know, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, I, I I mean, I would like to see him stay with the bees. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you there. I, I like Grizzlick a lot. Uh, Chara. <laughs> yeah, Chara. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't stay with the Bruins. But um, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, if somebody makes him an offer, he can't refuse. Some team that that needs a defenseman for one year to make a run of the cup, I mean, who knows? I shudder to think that uh, he won't come back. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine 47 not being on the Bruins anymore, but it might be a little bit more inconceivable to not see 33 on the Bruins. That's why I I so wish that the Bruins would have won the Cup a couple years ago against the Blues and then have Z retire go out on top that would have been the perfect scenario i don't know if you paid much attention to the draft the young guys that uh the bruins have picked up they got mason lowry he's from wisconsin trevor kuntar is from new york mason langenbrunner is from minnesota and riley duran is from massachusetts um they're all set to play college hockey but they were drafted to the bruins so we'll see how that pans out over the next few years yeah it sounds like um you know, it sounds like they could all be uh, decent picks. I mean, you know, the with the draft, I mean, you you know, you're never you're never 100 percent sure. But I mean, it's, it's that way in every sport. You're never 100 percent sure how a draft is going to pan out. But 
I mean, these all look like solid draft picks. Now, what's amazing about Mason Langenbrunner is that he was actually one of the youngest kids. I feel like I can say kids. Uh, in the draft, he just turned 18 last month in September. And then another little fun fact, he's the son of the Bruins Director of Player Development, Jamie Langenbrunner. So he definitely has uh, a tie to the organization, and I think he'll be great with the Bruins. The one that I really want to see is uh, but the, the kid from Wisconsin. I mean, he's a big kid. He's six foot four, 200 pounds. He's young, so you know he's going to beef up. He's only 19. He played for the Green Bay Gamblers in the United States Hockey League. He also played at Culver Military Academy, which, uh, you know, they have a pretty good hockey program. But he's committed to play at uh, Ohio State. Your favorite college. Oh, let's not even talk about Ohio State. But um, I am interested in checking out how he progresses because, uh, in my opinion, he could be the cream of the crop right there. Yeah, I'm very excited with the guys that they picked up. And then I I want to end this week's episode of the Generation B podcast with a little, a, a fun story. Uh, did you see what Charlie McAvoy did recently for his friend? Yes, I did. That was, uh, that was pretty awesome. I know. The fact that you have this big NHL star, Charlie McAvoy, and he decides to go and help his friend in Florida, and he's the caddy for him <laughs> at the Orange County National Championship, uh, which is a developmental wing of the PGA Tour in golf. And uh, he was the caddy for his childhood friend for this golf tournament. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. I mean, Charlie, he's not only a, a very good hockey player, but he seems like like a, a little kid. Like he's just having fun in his life. And, you know, that was, that was a pretty neat twist. Yeah. And you could tell, uh, with the photos of him at the, uh, the golf outing, you could fully, t- or I guess it's not a golf outing. It's a national championship, but you know what I meant. Right. Uh, I know you don't know much about golf. I, I know nothing about golf. It's so bad. You could tell that he wasn't like, Oh, I'm Charlie McAvoy. Like you could tell he was there just to help his friend out, which I think is awesome that, you know, there's a line between hockey superstar and hanging out with my childhood best friend and caddying for him in golf. Right. Yeah. That was, that was really a neat thing. And, uh, sounds like these two guys, um, were pretty close growing up. If he keeps progressing and becomes a star and, you know, Charlie gets to the point where he's, he retires, then Charlie could be out there, uh, on Sunday afternoons being the caddy on the final 18 holes or whatever. I mean, Hockey players do love their golf, so he'd fit right in. Exactly. Although you never want to be the hockey player that's the first one playing golf. <laughs> no, and, uh, you know, it could be a reverse of uh, of Happy Gilmore. I mean, we could have the caddy going nuts on everybody. That would be Marchand's job, not McAvoy's. Well, Marchand, I don't know what he'd be doing. He might be going out and licking the other golfers. You never know what you're going to get with that guy. That's the fun. He's fun size. That's the fun of Brad Marchand. Yeah, but licking people, that's just thats just gross. That was a phase that I'm glad he got over real quick. I'm surprised nobody ever just punched the living crap out of him when he did that. I mean, I'm sure they all wanted to, but, like, let's be civil and, uh... Yeah, but in the heat of a hockey game, you know, your adrenaline's already sky high. If somebody comes up and licks me, I'm not going to think about civility. Okay, you got me there. That's true. (laughs) 
I am really glad we got this episode out of the way this week because I was dreading having to talk about Krug leaving. I'm still so sad about it. I don't know what's going on with Chara. Maybe in the next episode we'll have an update. Who knows? I feel like a lot of things are up in the air right now, but I am excited to see what all is going to go on with this upcoming season. The Bruins have a lot to get done, a lot to switch around, but if there's anything that I know about the Bruins is that they'll get it done and they will come out on top, hopefully. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I am excited for next week's episode. The Boston Bruins main feed at NHL.com slash Bruins had a list celebrating TD Garden's 25th year that it has been around, and they had the top 25 things that happened at TD Garden. So my co-host, Dad, a.k.a. Greg, and I, we went through the entire list and gave our opinions on things and everything that followed. Look out for that next week. I am really excited that we are on the Blue Notes podcast this week as guests talking all about Krug leaving and what they're getting. And definitely check that out if you want our perspective. And if you are a Blues fan and you're listening right now, thank you. One. Two, make sure you listen to that episode because you will totally understand what you are getting with Krug. Thank you again for listening and making the Generation B podcast a part of your weekly routine. We're going to have another episode up next week, and I can't wait. Thanks for listening. See you next week.